everyone to the rest podcast where our goal is to help each and every one of you displace confusion chaos and dis-ease in order to heal and find significance in life i am your host natalie williams and i am here with the author of the reconstitution method for healing and rest virginia dixon hi natalie hi virginia Okay, so today we have a great friend of not only Virginia's and mine, but also a client of Virginia's, Mr. Chris Smith. How's it going? Hey, Chris. Thanks for having me on. Of course. Happy you're here. So I'm super excited about this because we're not only talking about seasons of life and, you know, the farmer specifically, but you are actually a blueberry farmer, which is super cool. I think it's really cool. That's correct. (laughs) I am a blueberry farmer. Not very many of us out there. Yeah, very true. Very true. You're also a, a fishing guide too, yeah? Fishing guide and commercial fisherman. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. And I, I just want to say one thing real quick. Virginia is probably the only person that can get me to do a podcast. I just want to put that out there. So we'll just start off with that. Well, we're happy you're here. <laughs> Thank you, Chris. You're a very unique man. And I felt like your voice needed to be heard. So thank you. I was shocked you accepted the invitation. Really? (laughs) (laughs) Well, we've been talking about seasons of life and how we condition to face those seasons of life. And I regularly reference the Bible as an authority on the human condition. It speaks clearly to the anatomy of an athlete, the anatomy of a farmer, and the anatomy of a warrior and what each of those require of us. And so what better person to speak to farming in the context of seasons of life than you? Because I know you've you've got quite a story. Mm -hmm. There is a lot of references to seasons and harvests and and all that. Even even fishing. Yeah, and fishing, that's right. And that's one of the things that I'm so excited to have you here is because not only are you a farmer, but you're a fisherman. But start with farming in the context of your life and how old are you now? 37. 37. Mm-hmm. In 37 years of life, you know a little bit about the parable of the seed. Mm-hmm. Talk a little bit about that. So my, the whole reason why I got into to farming, and it's, it, was, it was a long journey just like everything else is in life. When I was a kid, I didn't think I was going to be a farmer. It really wasn't on my radar. But in my early... 30s I was I was married and I went through a divorce and I had to do a lot of self-reflection and one thing I knew about myself is that I really loved the outdoors I was ready for a change and I knew that what I was doing with my life it always it was kind of in conflict with my heart I don't know if that makes sense yeah I was I didn't How? I didn't feel like I was using my god-given gifts mm. ever since I was a kid I was always obsessed with outdoors and animals and weather and things that maybe not all kids are really interested in, but I was like obsessed, you know, in the, in my twenties when I was working kind of more of a, actually it wasn't a nine to five job. It was like a six to five job (laughs) and I was behind a desk all the time. And then I went into sales. I kind of liked the sales, but the the desk job was really not for me, even though I I did all right at it. Mm -hmm. It just, Every day I was just looking outside, wishing mm-hmm. I was outside. And so that's where the I felt like it was conflicted with my heart. So You were doing what you had to to. I was doing live, what I was but, supposed to do in quotes, right. you know, what everybody expected me to do. And I think that I just didn't have 
the confidence in myself or didn't think it was okay to do what my heart told me to do. What about going through a divorce made that transition possible? Because it takes a lot of courage to follow your convictions and your dreams. Mm -hmm. What about that? So the divorce, it caused me to do a lot of self-reflection. It's real easy to point the finger at the other person. Oh, yeah. But so I I didn't want to make the same mistake again, and I didn't want to have experience those really hurtful feelings again. So I did a lot of self-reflection to find out where I went wrong, what are some things that I can work on to improve myself. And one thing that kept coming up was uh, there was like kind of a lack of trust or confidence in myself and my own abilities. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of, that's what the divorce kind of helped push me into this next career yeah. path. Cause I was, I was being more open to being okay with myself and inside myself, you know, was this pa- person that was passionate about the outdoors and fishing and, uh, eventually farming. Yeah. So something painful really compelled you to have courage and pursue a dream. That's correct. And to start That's investing great. in yourself yeah. too. Yes. Yeah. yeah. How did that translate? What, what have you learned from that? You learned a lot about yourself, you said. Yes. But how did that, how did the practical application day in and day out of farming actually continue to build and sustain you? Because it takes a lot of faith and courage to pursue our convictions. Did you find analogies in farming that were really instrumental in sustaining you? And Yeah, you have to be resilient, I'd say, number one, because everything that can go wrong does go wrong, especially, you know, we're, we're low-budget farmers. Most of it's self-funded. Uh, we have a couple investors that we really appreciate. Most of it's self-funded, so we're pretty low-budget so a lot of a lot of things break, a lot of things go wrong, the weather and environment throw curveballs at you. So resiliency and then just like dogged determination, you just can't really let the little details overwhelm you and you just have to just put your nose down and just do the work every day and don't stop and be really disciplined about it and I've never really been a very disciplined person. I still am not. I'm still something. It's still something I'm working on. But when it comes to farming, I don't have a choice. So it's it's good for me personally. Yeah. When you said breakage, weather mm-hmm. conditions, mm-hmm. curveballs, it just sounds like life. Farming is so much like life. Yes. Yes. In a lot of ways, it's it's a little bit magnified because it's like a lot of things that might happen throughout your life could happen in like just a, a day so it's it's good training for life i guess in that aspect it is wow. yeah. and when all those things happen in a day what do you do what does that look like besides anxiety and <laughs> <laughs> anxiety fear all, all those good things no, no I, really what does it look like in the sense of how you feel oh, and all those things it really does look like fear a lot of times the fear and anxiety sometimes it comes up that way and just just stress and you just have to find a way to deal with it and the way that my business partner and I usually deal with, or I personally, I try to give it to God. I can always do a better job at that, but sometimes I put too much faith in myself, but that's a different conversation. So you pray, you pray, you pray about it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And I I let myself feel the feelings too. Does that make sense? Perfect. I love how you said my partner and I, Mm -hmm. you have a partner Mm -hmm. and I'm always compelled by that because we see that in the new Testament, 
everyone, the disciples are sent out two by twos. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And as one deals with the frontal impact and effects of things, it's like the other person's has their back. Yes. Somebody has your back. I, and I can tell you from my experience that having a good partner, whether it's a business partner or a partner in a relationship, if you think you can get a lot of work done by yourself, try having somebody that's a great partner with you. You can get 10 times the amount of work done mm-hmm. if it's the the right person, whether it's a relationship, business, whatever. Did you have to learn how to become a good partner? And did he? Yes. Fortunately, with my business partner, Cole, we've known each other for a long time. We've done a lot of fun things together. Mm-hmm. And we we definitely butted heads the first year, but we're both pretty good about expressing what we're feeling and not letting it get in the way. And we try to make it fun too. The miserable situations, we that's probably when we joke around the most. So. What you just mentioned is so important. And I just want to re- reiterate that. Well, first thing you mentioned was prayer. Knowing that, yes, there's a physical, tangible things we all need to deal with, but there's something outside of that that sustains and governs and rules and overrules, and you you access that. That was wonderful. Mm -hmm. The other thing is there's a partner. There's somebody there to go to that's got your back, and that requires being able to identify how you feel and having healthy communications about the complexity of it all. And those are three very important things you just mentioned, and I just wanted to make sure everyone... Can I give you a fourth one, too? Please. Okay. So in my previous marriage, I've, I felt like I couldn't be myself, and what the things that I was interested in were wrong. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't f- feel like I had a lot of support. Just, just being myself was wrong. That's how I felt. So I am now in a relationship where I have somebody that is extremely supportive I feel like has my back at all times. And then also my, I'm fortunate that my family is supportive of what I'm doing as well too. So that really helps a lot as well. Your soulmate yeah, and your community, your family. It's so good. Mm -hmm. Thank you. And by the way, Colette is one in a million. Yeah. She's amazing. She's an amazing woman of substance. Yes, I've had the privilege of having some amazing conversations with the two of you. It's a matter of fact, I met you because of her. That's correct. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do you remember anything specific about the first few meetings? I do remember the first. The first meeting was over Zoom, and then the second one was here. That's right. We met over Zoom. Ooh, Mm -hmm. good memory. When you came in the office and we sat down and we talked, we had an amazing conversation. Of course, we went over. Much to know. (laughs) He's chagrined. He's sitting there nodding your head. Yes, you did. (laughs) We went over, and you said some amazing things. You had context for rest. You really sat there and you were absorbed and really captivated by all the facets of this. And now that I've gotten to know you, it's because so many of the things you're familiar with in your trade, farming and in fishing, are woven into the tapestry of what I do with rest. But when you sat here with me and Colette the first time, and we did spend quite a bit of time together... Do you remember your takeaway? Because we hit it off. I remember we did hit it off. I just remember our conversations were very different from any conversations that I've ever had, therapy, counseling, or anything mm-hmm. before. Was the, as far as talk therapy goes, it was very unique. I do yes. remember that. Mm-hmm. We figured out why it's unique. And I have something to say to you about that. 
because you were always very inquisitive about why this was so different, but there was something profoundly different. And it's because we realized that we've developed rest as a reconstitution approach to healing, right? And we've developed an equation by the grace of God with variables. And when you understand the equations, multiple equations, and you understand that when you put numbers into those variables, that you're going to get the answer to solve a problem. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of excited about that. Yeah. The more I'm thinking about it, it's really a significant way to explain rest. It's not a method. It's not a template. It's an equa- it's a, it's a equation. It's like an equation to life. Mm-hmm. And it will help you displace confusion, chaos, and disease, whether it's emotional, spiritual, or physical, if you understand the equation. The, the equations are all different, right? Mm-hmm. But in the course of our, us working together, that's kind of what I do. So when you're dealing with a s- specific situation, you can put that number in the place of that variable, and you can solve the problem. The way I kind of see it, it's like a, a key to unlock you to be able to like live the life that you're supposed to live free free to <laughs> use all your god-given gifts in the way that god intended yeah and i mean every everybody's a work in progress still it's not like it's everything's perfect but it's it it's at least puts you on the path to doing that are you comfortable giving us an example of what you just said because you you just nailed it that's exactly what it became for you I mean, were there any you, specific keys or what were the places you were that were locked up okay for me it was confidence in myself and then some issues with my family and then just relationships in general like a, a marriage just because of my my past so being able to work through those, the best way I can describe it is not imagine not having as much of the negative chatter that's in your head that you may not even realize, mm-hmm. maybe even at a subconscious level, that tries to hold you back, that doesn't want you to succeed, that tries to keep you safe when it's really mm-hmm. doing the opposite. The lies we tell ourselves. The lies we tell mm-hmm. ourselves. So imagine that that noise, which was very loud for me, and I still have some, you know, work in progress. Yeah. Just imagine it being dimmed down so that you can be your authentic self. Yeah, those lies can become like weeds, right, in our soul. But something I loved about you is I saw a bunch of like sunflowers in there too. But they were really being choked by a lot of weeds, a lot of lies. But what was beautiful is seeing even some of those sunflowers die and watching them collapse as we did some of the work we did just remembering the parable of the seed, right? That sometimes things need to die. And those seeds, we all need to have confidence and faith as as those seeds are absorbed by the ground Mm -hmm. and they're fertilized, right, by all the debris, that new life will sprout back up. And from that one plant, you might have hundreds, if not dozens, dozens, if not hundreds of little mini plants. And I, I saw that happening in your soul and in your life and in your decisions and even in how yours and Colette's relationship developed. That was a great thing. It was a, it was a beautiful thing to watch. You know, that reminds me of like what you just said. So Mm -hmm. there's, there's one specific 
flower that I think about. And it's called the Baker's Globe Mallow. And it grows in the forest. And the only time that it ever grows is right after a forest fire. It does not grow any other time except for a recent fire. Because that's what it takes for the seed to actually open. It's the heat. Interesting. That makes the outer shell open and drop the seed into the soil. And then all of the ash gives it the nutrients it needs to actually grow. Well, we should have thousands of them growing all around us. I know, in California. <laughs> at the I mean, villa. Yeah, in yeah, California. In villa, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of like that metaphor because they're in, especially in farming, like death and decay can actually be productive in some ways. You know, like when you have, you make compost, you know, it's, it's just a bunch of stuff decaying and provide, it can provide a lot of nutrients if it's done correctly, you know, so it's. I kind of like that analogy. You know, you kind of... That was good, Natalie. Yeah. I had a really hard past few weeks. Somebody yeah. very near and dear to my heart died. And her name's Kelly Earnby, and she's a deputy district attorney here in California. And we had hopes and dreams and beautiful things. We were working on amazing projects. And a 15-minute conversation with Kelly at midnight or 1 or 2 in the morning, depending on when she was she could call or I could call her was like having a three hour conversation with somebody else. And I just feel like there's a huge hole in my heart and it's taken me a few weeks to recover from it. And it's hard not to ask those questions. Perhaps your marriage was ending your first marriage, but what happened? How does this make any sense? What good can possibly come out of this? And having some really hard, honest conversations with God and with myself and it's been a few weeks, but I do see fruit coming forth from that loss. Nothing will fill her space in my heart, right? Yeah. But still, the fruit that's coming from that loss is something beautiful and productive. And I guess it's the beauty in the ashes of our lives. God never gives us more than what we can handle, but usually, you know, up to us to to turn it into something that's that's positive. You, you have two paths. You can go down the path of despair when something traumatic or hurtful happens, or you can use it as motivation and as something, you know, positive. And I think maybe with your friend, maybe she's really inspiring you and that you, maybe you need some inspiration right now. I think that's what's beautiful about our common humanity. There's so much brokenness, but there's this desire and this hunger to understand and to reason the significance of things and to find significance in reasoning, right? To displace the confusion, the chaos, and the disease that comes at us sometimes like those tennis ball machines, you know, that used to feed me balls when we'd hit tennis balls in high school. It's kind of like that. Life just comes at us like that. But I think it's the knowledge that, wait a minute, we were meant for more than this. And life is beautiful. And God has shown up in peculiar ways, perhaps, Mm -hmm. but certainly trustworthy ways in my life. And I've heard his quiet, gentle whisper. I think when we're faced with loss of any kind, right, in these seasons of life, that we have to give ourselves time to pause and think deeply in some cases. In other ways, feel deeply. Yeah. And in other cases, just breathe knowing that you got to hang on 
to the knowledge that there's purpose to everything under the sun. Yeah. And I want to piggyback off of that because so you and I both have been divorced and gone through that. And something that is so tempting to do, especially when you're in that place of loss. And young. And young. And you're so oh my young. gosh. And young. Yes. You're, it's so easy to just sit in the pain and just sit in the feeling of abandonment 100%. and that feeling of like, it's, it's almost dangerous how uh, tempting that is. Right. Cause you're tired, right? Like you were fighting for however long and then you just want to take a break, but it takes, it takes courage and it takes a choice to choose to plant and, and to sow and reap like within yourself to invest in yourself, to actually grow from the entire experience. And then, to move, to move forward from it. And I think that that's something that is, it's difficult. And that's where the training comes in too, right? In life mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. well. But I, I love that you chose to invest in yourself and I know what that's like and going through all of that. So it's, yeah. Well, I appreciate you understand where oh, I'm coming from. Yeah, of yeah. course. Yeah, it, it, you're right. It is a choice. And I just remember some days where like, like I, I didn't, I felt like I didn't win. Like I could barely get out of bed or I didn't get out of bed. Yeah. Um, but then the next day I I'd do my very best to get out and, and it, it is a choice. Mm-hmm. It is a choice, but you have to, it's not an easy, it's, it's not, it's a battle every day. Like, yeah. And you have to be okay with yourself and you have to be okay if your best isn't your normal best. Like you just right. have to do your best every day. And if sometimes if your best is just getting up and making your bed. You know, yeah. you have to be okay with that. Well, it's um, having grace with yourself and yeah. an understanding. And that's where the increased self-awareness comes from, too, of being like, yeah, and having yeah grace and patience with yourself and just being like, you know what? This is where I'm at right now, but I'm still choosing to push myself forward regardless of how I feel. Yes. Yeah. It's the breakage you were talking about. Yeah. It comes with life mm-hmm. and the storms. It isn't just the physical storms of the farming. It's the storms in our lives, right? And yeah. then... It's all the unexpected surprises that come. It is so much like your trade. Life is entails so much that you face in your trade. Uh, One other thing I want to say is the best thing that you can do if you're experiencing some type of turmoil or whatever is, is to let yourself feel your emotions and feelings. Like I, for my entire life, thought I shouldn't be feeling those because that means something's wrong, but you're much better off just feeling them, letting yourself cry, getting angry when you're angry because they don't go away. They just turn into bigger issues that Virginia has to coax out of you down the road when you come in for a therapy session. <laughs> and, I love that. Yeah, and, and they're important. They're important because these, all these unresolved things, feelings, if you will, is the anatomy of disease these unresolved conflicts, but it's interesting hearing you and Natalie speak about that season in your lives a little bit, because you said when you dealt with the breakage and the storms, the weather conditions and all the curveballs that came with farming, you said, well, first of all, you said, I prayed, I turned to my partner and then I was honest with my feelings about things and I learned healthy ways and I'm learning always, right? We always learn healthy ways to communicate those feelings and then you have a life partner. You're not alone. And I think the pursuit of all those things, and Natalie, I know just systematically going through this list right here, yeah. it's exactly what you did. Mm-hmm. 
And I just we'll give Natalie like, a high five. Woo, that's right, high yeah. five. <laughs> I love it, and I've had the privilege of walking alongside, yeah, the those storms with you guys, and it's a beautiful thing. You were on the other end of it, Chris, but the complexity of getting into another relationship. But I think what just captivated my attention in hearing you both go back and forth, it is about breakage. It is about storms. It yeah. is about all the unpredictable things. Those three things. And it just is about prayer, understanding your feelings, and having a partner, somebody to communicate those with, right? That gets us through. Exactly. And something, so you're going to find this so funny. So last night, I've been sick. So I went and I decided to do some yoga yesterday because I have not been active. And I was like, I need to get my body active. So I started Mm -hmm. to do yoga yesterday. And I was like, holy mackerel, I am so sore. I'm so stiff. What am I doing? And it's hurting. Like, I'm, like, it physically hurts as I'm doing yoga. And the yoga instructor who I was watching on YouTube, she was like, she says, she talked about something in regards to strength and how, you know, whatever pain you're feeling, it was a reminder that it's making you strong. And I went, I should text Virginia right now because this, it, it's so true. You think about it, you know, when you have those aches when you're growing up, right? You're, you're literally growing. They call them growing pains. You're going through pain in order to grow. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is like life. You know, the things that we go through that initially hurt, or even if we're just investing in ourselves to grow ourselves, even just going out of our own comfort zone, that causes strength. And that can sometimes even be painful, right? Especially if you're like an extreme introvert and the first thing you want to do, like learn how to do is say hello. That's, mm-hmm. that's uncomfortable and that, that can cause pain, but it's what makes us stronger, Right. And I always say, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Yes. And I try to remind people. And the value of what we do here is we help people identify the disparity between what their mind, their heart, their will, their conscience, their feelings reveal, right? That center cavity in their soul and what the body's carrying. And that's the anatomy of disease. And that's why what we must identify, the disparity between the things we feel right, in our bodies and the things we speak. But I want to say how I often address laws of nature, things that are self-evident and speak to our natural affection and why it's so important. Because your mouth will always give you away. Yeah. And there it is. Growing Mm -hmm. pains. I'm growing and it's going to hurt. We're going to do a whole podcast on these because I have a whole (laughs) list, like a 30 of them that I I want to talk about. But how the body speaks, it is a law of nature. It's self-evident. It speaks to our natural affections. So even when I recognize, I don't know if I can digest that. Think about it. It is out of the abundance of what's in the heart of a person, the mouth speaks. If we can learn to listen carefully to what intuitively we say, we can get a lot of information and we can get a lot of strength from trusting what we intuitively pick up right mm-hmm. yeah we we know what to do deep down inside that's right it's yeah just listening to it weeding through all the all the background noise and hurt and whatever just happened to you in your life you have to just try to weed through all that and try to trust trust your gut and listen to it and that's what rest is all about and i think perhaps that was one of the things that you found captivating. I don't know, Chris, but that's what rest is all about, is helping people understand exactly what you said and 
trust themselves and leverage that and then build communities around it and conversation around it so you can help each other. I had the amazing privilege of spending a little bit of time with your mom the other day. And of course, I've spoken with your dad. And I can't tell you how rewarding it's been. And I'll tell you another thing about how amazing my conversation with her was. It caused me to think about how desperately we all need each other. Yeah. And the parallels between our lives, to be honest with you. And how sometimes we can become so judgmental about the people we love. Mm-hmm. And we can be so hard on them because we have so much unreconciled conflict within ourselves. And as you know, Chris, I'm all about bringing people back to helping them understand that. Because when we can see the conflict within ourselves and receive the grace of God, which by the way, the grace of God at the end of the day is his law that's written in our heart that bears witness. I'm sick to my stomach, growing pains, all those little cliche things that we say that are really revealing, in fact, what's happening in our bodies That's the consequence of the order and the design of all things, that if we can learn to listen to ourselves, we'll understand what's happening. And learning to become skilled at that is the message of rest. So we can love each other better and receive grace and extend each other mercy, which is to overlook an offense. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So anyway, fun talking to your mom. Yeah, she's she's awesome. She's beautiful, by the way. She's been a big cheerleader for me. Mm -hmm. And your dad, too, I will say. He's He's, a beautiful, awesome person, too. He's been a big supporter as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I want to say another thing, too. Sometimes when we're our weakest and we feel, we talk about brokenness of going through divorce and everything. And obviously, I talk about intense things in my office. I have to face intense things, too, in my personal life. But I'm starting to really appreciate the beauty in our brokenness. Yeah. And I guess it's a parable of the seed thing we just talked about, right? Mm -hmm. And I anticipate now what new growth looks like. And I don't know. It it was really just love talking to her. And anytime I get to work with a family system like this, it's great. And it all started. You'll like this, Chris. It all all makes sense, though. It all makes sense. You can connect all the dots between all of us. Right. And then I can help (laughs) it make sense to them and not in a conventional thing therapist kind of a way but in a whole parable of the seed anatomy of a warrior the training of an athlete i can make it make sense in all these things that are required of us during all these different seasons of life and i love that because i think we need to expand the conversation beyond the conventional therapeutic models that are accessible to us right now and have been for 30, 40, 50 years. Mental health is the number one health crisis we face in America today. So we got to do something different. And I think we need all hands on deck. And that's why I asked you to come. I think you have so much to say about that. And I wanted our listening audience to hear your story. I actually do have a lot to say about that because I've just seen so many of my friends and people that are close to me struggle with mental health and myself included, I've struggled with depression for years and years and years and it's miserable, but there is a lot of hope, but you have to start looking at yourself and not being afraid of it and being okay with yourself, accepting yourself, accepting yourself and not, especially for guys my age, kind of getting over the stigma of, of therapy just to work those things out that everybody struggles with. How knowing rest and understanding rest 
because for some reason therapy is a trigger word for me. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. I think we're we're at a place where there's something even bigger. And I think it's building an understanding of rest and building communities of rest. Because I see the changes you've undergone and I see the personal growth and I hear your parents narrative and I think wow Chris has no idea what he just did it's like it can be transformative beyond a conventional therapeutic process Mm -hmm. I guess what I was trying to get at is I just want to try to help people get over the stigma of you know it's in I agree that you know rest is is different than conventional therapy because it goes a lot deeper and it, it has probably longer lasting results. But I guess what I was just intending to, to communicate was to not be afraid of, of those avenues. Yes. Instead of just sitting in your room with your own thoughts, you're better off talking about it with somebody else. That's yeah. Safe. And I love what you said about your generation. Thank you for clarifying that. And I agree. There's amazing, amazing, amazing therapists doing amazing work. I guess what we're trying to do at rest is expand the conversation beyond the conventional, as you know, because we want people to take the power and the authority. And I'm big on those two words and they have huge implications. Yeah, (laughs) I am. The power and the authority to self-govern and to understand laws of nature, things that are self-evident and speak to their natural affection. For them to understand the three constituents, right? Their spirit, how it works through their soul in their body. For them to understand the anatomy of diseases. It's kind of like a multifaceted approach to this bigger conversation I'm trying to have. And I love your story. And I love Colette's story. And honestly, Chris, sincerely, meeting your mom was just so fun. And working with your dad, I love it when your dad comes in. He's never at a loss for words. He's not. He's not. And mom chooses her words very, very carefully. Mm -hmm. And I found beauty in those two things. And you made so much sense to me talking with them. But I think how enriching... Because I'm an introverted extrovert. (laughs) You're an ambivert. (laughs) So, you know what, though, is amazing is just the fruit of that conversation and the fruit of the hard work that you've done and the courage that they both have of doing work on themselves. And I think what this day and age requires of all of us is to look within, beside, behind, before, and to really have this great conversation about rest, relational, emotional, spiritual truth. In ways that we can displace the confusion, the chaos, and the disease in our lives during all the seasons of life and what they all mean now. And like you said, sometimes they all come crashing down on you. And I think we're going to talk a little bit about that in our next episode, but you want to close us out? Well, thanks for having me. I do enjoy sharing about my feelings and what I've learned from life and kind of my story. So I appreciate the opportunity to share it. And I guess for People that might still be a little bit confused about rest, it's basically a pathway to spiritual freedom. And in spiritual freedom, you're basically, it's freedom in all aspects of life once you're spiritually free. Wow. I receive that. That's a first. Thank you so much. That's wonderful. That's a first. We hear that often, but nobody's ever said it on a podcast. So thank you. You're welcome. Good job, Natalie. Oh, thanks. (laughs) I'm just here. Good job. (laughs)
Thanks, Chris. Yes, thank you. It's been awesome having you. All right, everyone. Our upcoming day of rest is in Newport Beach on February 26th. If you haven't registered, all of the information is on the website. And please feel free to call us at the office for any questions. For updates about rest and this podcast, please visit our Instagram or Facebook, The Place of Rest. If you'd like more information about Virginia or to support and join the cause of rest, please go to virginiadixon.com forward slash collaborate. Thank you for listening to Rest with Virginia Dixon. We'll see you next Friday.